Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Zhu Tianlu. Coming up in this edition, Israel has bombed Gaza hospitals before agreeing to short pauses in its daily attacks on the besieged Palestinian enclave. Donald Trump's rivals are vying to be named the Republican Party's standard bearer in the 2024 U.S. presidential elections. And Chinese Vice Premier He Lifeng has been meeting U.S. Treasury Secretary Yellen in San Francisco, stressing the need for frequent communication. We begin in the Middle East. The White House says Israel has agreed to put in place four-hour daily humanitarian pauses in the fighting zones in northern Gaza. The pause would allow Palestinians still trapped by Israeli shelling to flee to southern Gaza along two humanitarian corridors. But Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says the pauses are only scattered and fighting will continue. He also says Israel has no intention to reoccupy Gaza, but what he calls a credible force would be needed to end. To the enclave, if necessary, Gaza health authorities say over 10,800 people have been killed since Israel since Israel began its bombardment of Gaza in retaliation for Hamas's surprise attack on October the 7th. Israel's death toll stands at 1,400. In the latest Israeli strikes, three hospitals, including the El Shifa medical complex in Gaza City, were targeted. This has led to a large number of casualties and more damage to facilities already starved of supplies and. Fuel to treat tens of thousands wounded. In the West Bank, dozens were killed in Jenin City and its refugee camps as the Israeli forces stepped up their raids. Sam Metnick reports from Jerusalem. Overnight, Israeli strikes hit Gaza while its ground troops battled Hamas within Gaza City, and the fighting continued into Thursday. I was in southern Israel at the border with Gaza, and the sound of shelling as well as airstrikes was constant. The, much of this fighting is taking place at Gaza's biggest hospital, the Al Shifa Hospital within Gaza City. Israel says that this is Hamas's command and control center. Hamas says that Israel is just using that as a precursor in order to strike it. Still, there are about 60,000 people sheltering in this hospital. Many are looking for refuge. Others are severely injured. On Thursday, Israel did agree to these four-hour daily humanitarian pauses to allow people from the north to go into the south. This comes while officials from Egypt, the United Nations, as well as a Western diplomat, have said they might be inching closer towards a larger ceasefire deal that would be about three days in exchange for around a dozen hostages. This would be brokered by Egypt, the United. States as well as Qatar. Israel's Prime Minister, however, Benjamin Netanyahu, said he's completely against a ceasefire only if it is an exchange for all of the hostages. I spoke to a hostage negotiator who was key in the release of Gilad Shalit's release, who was an Israeli soldier taken by Hamas for five years. He said that it doesn't make sense right now for Israel to do the ceasefire while they are fighting in the heart of Gaza because it would expose them. They'd have to move and go somewhere safer. It is only worth it if it is an exchange for a large number of hostages, more like 150. As fighting in Israel continues, it is escalating in other parts as well, including along the West Bank, where it has spiked since the beginning of the war. On Thursday, Palestinian officials said that Israel raided Jenin City. This is part of an increased raid by Israelis into the West Bank for what they say is to root out militancy. The United Nations says that at least 150 people have been killed by Israeli soldiers in the West Bank since the beginning of the fighting, and eight Palestinians have been killed by settlers. 
Palestinians I've spoken to in the West Bank say that settlers are aggressively trying to get them off their land. One man named Tarek said that people are being harassed and detained. They're not allowed to move around freely. He said he feels like he is living inside a prison. That was Sam Metnick in Jerusalem. More than one million Palestinians have been displaced since Israel began its attacks on Gaza over a month ago, and those who held out earlier in their homes have been forced to flee this time for the southern parts of the Gaza Strip. UN officials and aid workers on the ground have said nowhere in Gaza is safe, but evacuees carrying whatever little they have left risk their lives on the harrowing journey. Nor Harazian tells us what she witnessed as the Palestinians ploughed their way to safer locations. Now I am standing in Salah al-Din Road, this safety road that the IDF talked about, allowing Palestinian families to evacuate from northern Gaza to southern Gaza. Specifically, I am standing on the front gate of Al-Burij refugee camp. It is a matter of two hours of walking in this uh, very hot uh, weather. We've seen hundreds, if not thousands, of Palestinian families, women, men and children taking this uh, road, according to the the families. It was a very uh, hard um, uh, route to uh, southern Gaza. They had to walk between Israeli tanks on their left and their right. They were scared, afraid, and they walked among dead bodies. According to those people, the situation in northern Gaza is unbearable anymore. Even though that they've decided to stay in their homes, they reached the point where they are f- afraid for their lives, specifically because the latest Israeli attacks on northern Gaza are around hospitals, UN schools, refugee camps, residential homes. So they took and decided that they are coming to uh, southern Gaza. That was Noor Harazian reporting. More on the Israel-Palestine conflict. China has strongly condemned acts that harm civilians and violate international humanitarian law. China's special envoy on the Middle East issue, Jai Jun, made this statement in Paris at a global conference on aid to civilians in Gaza. He said China supports all efforts to de-escalate the conflict, resume the peace process and ease the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. Rebecca Bonden has more on the Paris Peace Forum. The International Humanitarian Aid Conference took place on the sidelines of the Paris Peace Forum, which begins on Friday. The gathering brought together states, international organisations and NGOs that are active on the ground in Gaza, with the aim of helping to mobilise aid for the Palestinian territory, as concerns persist about basics including water and medical supplies reaching civilians amid the conflict. Arab leaders, the Palestinian Prime Minister and European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen were among those who attended the conference. There were loud calls for a ceasefire. French President Emmanuel Macron talked about the plight of civilians. Today the situation is grave and is getting worse each day. In the short term, we should work on protecting civilians and to do so we need a humanitarian pause very quickly and we have to strive for a ceasefire. This should become a possibility. The president of Cyprus put forward a proposal to open a maritime corridor to help deliver more aid to Gaza. Notably, representatives from Israel did not attend the event, but as the conflict continues, the conference highlighted that the situation for many civilians in Gaza is only worsening. That was Rebecca Bundan on the sidelines of the Paris Peace Forum.
Finally, in North America, Donald Trump's rivals vying to be named the Republican Party's standard bearer in the 2024 U.S. presidential elections have faced off in the debate for the third time in Miami. The verbal sparring ranged from supporting Israel in the current conflict to personal attacks on character. News of Soledad Perez reports. Five Republican U.S. presidential candidates faced off last night in Miami, seeking to dethrone former President Trump from his commanding lead for his party's nomination to run for the White House next year. Foreign policy issues dominated the first hour. Ukraine, China, the Israel-Hamas conflict front and center. Trump's rivals all pledged support to Israel, criticizing President Biden for his crisis response. So what I would tell Bibi is that Israel has the right and the responsibility to defend itself. I would tell him to smoke those terrorists on his southern border, and then I'll tell him as president of the United States, I'll be smoking the terrorists on our southern border. We need to be clear-eyed. The last thing we need to do is to tell Israel what to do. The only thing we should be doing is supporting them and eliminating Hamas. The night became a contest between Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, once considered the most powerful challenger to Donald Trump, and former United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley, a rising star in the latest polls. Joining them on stage, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, biotech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. On the domestic front, candidates discussed social security, immigration, and how the abortion issue powered Democrats in both the midterms and the election held just this week. Voters in Ohio considered a Republican state approved a constitutional amendment to protect abortion rights. I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here, and I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers. We need a 15-week federal limit. This is an issue that should be decided in each state. So no Republican president can ban abortions any more than a Democrat president can ban these state laws. So let's find consensus. Personal attacks also created the most viral moments. Ramaswamy attacked Haley during a discussion on whether the widely popular Chinese social media app TikTok should be banned. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. The next generation of Americans are using it. And that's actually the point. You have her supporters propping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. The easy answer. Instead of debating, the Republican frontrunner hosted a massive rally nearby in a GOP bastion in Hialeah, Florida. And you have about, what, seven or eight candidates left? I think they're at a debate tonight. Nobody's talking about it. Everybody's watching. So it's 61 percent for your favorite president, me. Trump's political gamble of skipping these debates has yet to cost him any support. A fourth Republican debate has already been scheduled for December 6 in Alabama. Now, candidates must meet a higher polling and fundraising threshold in order to participate. But one politician must certain to be absent again, Donald Trump. That was Nita Soledad Perez on the U.S. presidential race. With the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit in the U.S. just around the corner, important talks between the world's two major economies have begun. Chinese Vice Premier He Lifeng and the U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen are meeting in San Francisco to discuss issues key to strengthening bilateral ties and ensuring global recovery. Mark New reports. 
He and Yellen reacquainted themselves with each other Thursday morning. They both extended pleasantries, with Yellen saying she hoped to extend the same courtesy to He that she was extended in China. These talks are seen as a way to lay the groundwork for a potential meeting between Chinese President Xi Jinping and U.S. President Joe Biden for bilateral talks along the sidelines of APEC. He stressed the need for both countries to maintain frequent exchanges and create a better investment and business environment to bring economic and trade relations back on track. Yellen says she looked forward to discussing collaborations on global challenges, including climate change and debt distress in low-income countries and emerging markets. Yellen also said the U.S. had no desire to decouple from China, saying that would be an economic disaster for the U.S. and the world. She says what's needed is a healthy relationship. That was Mark New on China-U.S. relations. Recapping today's headlines, Israel has bombed Gaza hospitals before agreeing to short pauses in its daily attacks on the besieged Palestinian enclave. Donald Trump's rivals are vying to be named the Republican Party's standard-bearer in the 2024 U.S. presidential elections. And Chinese Vice Premier He Lifun has met U.S. Treasury Secretary Yellen in San Francisco, stressing the need for frequent communication. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Zhu Tianlu. Thank you for listening.